Here's what's coming up on today's show. With that said, sometimes, you know, paying down some of that, that just gives people that peace of mind that no matter what happens, you know, they're not going to have this household expense. When it comes to your finances, you don't want to be at a disadvantage. Tim Dyer can help. He's a wealth manager specializing in retirement planning and investment management, and he can be that financial coach that helps you achieve your goals in retirement. This is Retirement Power Play. Hello and welcome in to the Retirement Power Play podcast. I'm Ben George with Tim Dyer, wealth manager specializing in retirement planning and investment management at Dyer Wealth Management there in La Jolla, California. Tim, I know we've talked quite a bit about Boston, especially your Bruins, but as a Boston guy, you have to enjoy the 4th of July, right? As an American, you got to enjoy 4th <laughs> well, of, of July. Course, but yeah, but... yeah I, I see where you're going with that, right? Uh, independence. Um, it's as important to me and my family as it was growing up in, in New England area as it is now living out here in California. Hopefully you had a very good holiday. We wanted to kind of take that angle on our financial conversation today and talk about ways in which you can kind of win your financial independence in retirement, uh, what you're striving for, how you get there, and uh, what the goals are for a lot of people. So a little bit of a different twist on things, but I think it could be a lot of fun here. Uh, Tim, what are some ways then? I mean, you know, there's there's a lot of, we, we know we want to be financially independent, but what do we want to be independent from? Well, first of all, we're not going to need any muskets for this conversation. <laughs> Hopefully not. So, um, look, I love the term financial, well, I should say, I love the term independence. It means just so many great things. It, it, it could be independence from whatever, right? I mean, um, if, it's, if it's financial independence, if it's, um, you know, as a, as a young man growing up, you now have autonomy and, and as independent, whether, I, you know, I've started a, a, a firm which allows me independence to kind of forge the path that I see is right for, you know, my clients and the business. So it's just a word that from all angles, it means good things to me. Um, Mm. But, you know, in, in, in relation to your question, when you think about the 4th of July, we think about independence, you know, what are we financially trying to gain independence from? And the first one, I I guess I'd start with that that comes to mind is the old government (laughs) Right. <laughs> the old government, right? Um, who's, who used to say it like that? The government? I don't know. But I digress. So independence from the government, what does that mean? Well, look, a lot of people are relying on the government uh, for their social security benefit, right? And, you know, making sure we're not overly relying on that for your retirement income. Now, it's a big component of people uh, or, or a big component of uh, retirement income, but with the assets that aren't com- with the income that we're receiving that isn't from social security it's important that we take ownership of that and we understand what we're doing that so we can supplement that social security benefit and live that lifestyle um, you know that we've saved for that are, is our desired outcome so and that's changed right from from I, I talk about this in our live events social security came out in 1935 you know, and you started receiving benefits at age 65. Well, do you know what the life expectancy was in 1935 for a U.S. citizen, Ben? What was that? It was 65. Okay. So, um, so it was really kind of like a longevity benefit, and a lot of people didn't collect it. And we had a lot of people that were paying in. I think it was 40 people for every um, person, 40 people putting in for every person taking out. That number has been dramatically reduced, right? So, you know, getting back to the original point, 
not relying on anybody else uh, or overly reliant on, on the government for your retirement income. So you got to get your retirement accounts uh, set up correctly, you know, savings rates, spending rates, those types of things, understanding the taxes on those things. Um, a lot of times we see people, maybe they've got a million dollars in their 401k and they say, well, I've got a million dollars for retirement. Well, no, you have a silent partner who's the IRS and they own 30, 40, 50% of that, right? So we need to plan for those types of things. I'll also say, you know, re- regarding the government, not relying on the government for say your nursing home care, right? It's, it's sort of a mm-hmm. unpleasant thought, but if you sort of just close your eyes and, and do the nesty plunge backwards and say, I'll let the government catch me, you're going to wake up in some place that you're not going to be too happy about, right? So there's ways to plan for that. Maybe there's something like long-term care. Maybe there's self-insurance. Maybe there's method of using your existing residence to liquidate that if you need that type of nursing home care. So, you know, having a plan around that that's intentional is paramount, Okay. Yeah, I think Medicare is kind of the last component of that, you know, the government in, independence. Uh, Medicare is not going to cover all your medical expenses, right? So, you know, having either a supplemental Medicare plan or talking to a Medicare specialist um, about your coverage, you know, it starts at 65, and that's a conversation you need to be thinking about at least two years ahead of time because they're looking at your income from two years before to determine what your Medicare costs are. But Again, understanding that there are going to be other expenses that just aren't covered by the blanket of Medicare. So I guess the first one there would be government, independence from the government. That's a perfect one to start, right? That's uh, the reason why Fourth of July happens, right? Because of the independence, the fight against <laughs> the government, right? Okay. What's uh, what else? What else? I know there's a few things here. We want to well, talk you said about. fight. Next? I got two young boys, so <laughs> you know all they do is fight in that brotherly kind of way. But right. um, but that leads me to think of family. Right, so independence from family. Well, hmm. you know, what does that what does that yeah. mean, Tim? Are Where we are you going with this? No, we're not leaving the family. But we think about um, baby boomers now, and and it's certainly to, you know to my generation as well. I, I'm 47. Um, you've got parents on on we call it the sandwich generation, right? You got parents that are still alive above, and you've got kids that are um, that you know you need to take care of that are younger. And not having to move in with either of them <laughs> later in life hmm. is, you know, kind of what we mean. You, your family is financially independent. Maybe you're, you're certainly contributing your kids and maybe you're contributing to help with your parents, right? But you're not dependent on, you know, either one, right? I don't think of, <laughs> I, I joke around with my boys and I say, you know, you guys need to get get going here and get get working and get. By the way, they're four and two, but uh, you need to start thinking about how you're going to make money to take care of you know mom and I when we get older, right? So we're going to have a plan for that so that we're not a burden and we have independence. Same thing. My both of my parents are still alive, uh, fortunately, and um, you know understanding you know, their family dynamics and what they need and, you know, helping them structure a plan so that, you know, they don't have to rely on us and, and they don't. Um, so, you know, that's a, that's another thing, you know, of, I guess, I guess family is, um, something that we strive to have financial independence. Yeah. I wasn't sure we we're going to go with that, but it makes a lot of sense, right? You don't have to depend on your family for anything and retirement makes a lot of sense. Okay. What else? I never know where I'm going with these things, right? <laughs> we kind of throw it out there. Okay, so when we're talking about retirement, independence from creditors, right? So we don't want to really 
enter retirement with debt because debt's working against us, right? It's mm-hmm. costing us money. It's costing us interest. Um, doesn't you know? Look, doesn't mean that all debt is bad. Sometimes we can use debt or short-term loans or you know collateral loans, whatever these might be. Maybe we borrow at five percent and we can invest at ten percent. Well, that would be a good scenario. But if we have debt that's costing us, like high credit card bills, um, we're going to want to focus our you know attention on that. Make sure we grind that down so that it's not detracting from our retirement income. I'll say, you know, as a side note to that, a lot of people ask me, you know, Tim, we've got this mortgage, we've got, you know, X amount of dollars, we need to determine, do we invest it over here, or do we pay down debt, right? And on the one hand, there may be a mathematical answer to that that says, well, you know, you can invest it maybe at a CD or a government bond right now pays four or five percent. Boy, you got that mortgage refinance down at two and a half percent or three percent. You know, maybe it makes sense to keep that liquidity and not pay down the debt, right? In fact, you might even be coming out ahead a little bit. But the other side is you got to be able, you know, we want our clients to be swans, sleep well at night, right? So, with that said, sometimes, you know, paying down some of that, that just gives people that peace of mind that no matter what happens, that, you know, they're not going to have this household expense. So mortgage kind of falls into that. But just making sure creditors don't have a big, um, you know, grasp on our retirement or retirement income is going to create that financial independence that uh, will help you be successful. I like that one, right? We, no one wants to carry debt into retirement if you can help it. Um, well, I know I know one right off the bat that, that you're looking for, right? And that's independence from actually having to go to work every day, right? <laughs> oh, it isn't work if you love your job, right? That's what, that's what I hear exactly, yes, yes. Right, then that person wins the lottery and they resign you know, <laughs> 10 minutes later. But no, I, you know, look, it's never work if you enjoy what you're doing. In fact, that, that's the case that we have here. But the, I think the key takeaway is if you want independence for employment, we're essentially saying is make work optional, Okay. Because it's one thing to go to work and maybe to contribute to a company, to society, to a cause, um, to your household net worth, whatever it might be. There's some purpose in that. But it's even more powerful and impactful if you're doing that by choice, right? There's something psychological there if at 65, 70, you know, you got to go punch the clock at Walmart because you don't have enough money to pay for your minimum household needs, right? That's a very you know, traumatic scenario. So helping make work optional, um, even if you do still continue to work in retirement, you know, obviously is, is a benefit. Now, one thing I want to say about this, and, and this is something that comes up a lot when I meet with clients, is people don't really realize, assuming they've done, this is what, you know, when I meet with people, one of the things that comes up is they never really realize the point at which work does become optional. They're so focused on accumulating, building, saving, you know, building up that nest egg. Again, those are good things to do, but you have to have some sort of endpoint. You say, hey, look, this is enough where work is now optional and I can now focus on other things. And that helps give people purpose and meaning around the things that they're doing in their life. So, Again, in, in, just getting sticking with that topic of independence from employment, not only making it optional, but calculating when that is optional. And so few people know what it takes to actually 
live their lifestyle in retirement. And in a lot of cases, this isn't bad news. It's a lot less than what they think, right? Now, you'll hear in conventional wisdom is, you know, people are undersaved and, and you always need to be saving. And Okay, I get that. But nobody's ever saying, you know, there is a point when you do have enough that work is optional. You should find out what that number is for you. Very good. That's uh, that's the ultimate goal. Even if we love our job, to not to know that we don't have to show up if we don't want to is the place we want to be. All right. Any other? Or at least dress casually, right? Jeans and t-shirt, <laughs> yeah. which well, I'm well, pretty much in every day anyways. I was going to say, don't you wear flip-flops every day living out there <laughs> in San Diego? Uh, what's the last one, Tim? Do you have anything else independence-wise we're trying to get out of retirement? Well, look, we talk a lot about um, the markets, the economy, things like that here. But I think a, a, you know, winning financial independence is having a certain amount of independence from the stock market. Now, understanding you know, some of the basics of how the stock market works, I think a lot of people realize the stock market goes up, the stock market goes down. It's unpredictable in the short term. It has higher predictability over longer periods of time, or we might say a full market cycle. And that could be years or even decades. But understanding in, how in your portfolio... The stock market is providing either income through dividends or interest, or it's providing growth, right? What these different strategies are in your portfolio. And, and that way, you know, when you see if the market's up or down, you understand, well, right now the market's providing or the, my portfolio that's invested in the market is providing me this much in dividends, and that's helping me supplement my retirement income. Then the ups and downs don't necessarily have um, as much effect or negative effect. Um, you, you could take that a step further. And for a lot of people, it's, it's removing some money or, it, you know, maybe more or all of their money from the stock market as they approach retirement and looking at other investment vehicles that aren't subject to the principal whims, ups and downs. But getting to that point, again, this just goes back to getting clarity and confidence around what it is for each person you know, knowing how the stock market is affecting not only their portfolio, but their retirement income. Because retirement is about income. It's not about assets. You could have all the assets in the world, but you can't spend assets. You can spend income. So, um, you know, I, I guess I'd kind of throw that one in there. It's not something to be feared. But having that independence where it's not driving, you know, your decisions or your emotions is going to be a big part of that overall financial independence. Yeah. And that's the goal. I mean, I guess the the idea that if you don't have to worry about anything, Tim, if you're really worry free and, and and nothing really bothers you, phases you, I guess you're in a pretty good position. But again, no matter even if you do gain this independence, you still want somebody on your side to make sure that everything's still on track, you're going the right way, correct? So even if you feel like you've gained this independence to some uh, in some aspects, then maybe still you still want to sit down and make sure you are in good shape with someone. So you can always call Tim. He's uh, located there in La Jolla, beautiful La Jolla. You can find him online, direwealthmanagement.com. You can also call 858-459-3937. Well, anything if you're else? In the, look, you know, look, if you're in the area, you know, uh, it's funny because we, we moved a few years ago. We, we just happened to be up on this hill. And so you know, determining where you're going to watch fireworks, really, you know, you could see in air quotes, like how many of the different shows you could see right from the yeah. hill. We can see the ones from downtown and, and Point Loma and Mission Bay and things like that. So if you're in the area and you want to come watch fireworks, even if it's uh, not 4th of July, they do them at, uh, at SeaWorld. Uh, we'd be, ha- you know, it'd be cool to hang out and have a beer and watch some fireworks. Sorry, I got to, I just love the holiday. Can't wait to start grilling 
hang out by the pool and um, just ponder what our next retirement uh, episode is going to be about. I like that little San Diego hack. Best places to watch fireworks. Firewall management. <laughs> going to put that out there. All right. Very good, Tim. Thanks for your time as always. I uh, hope you had a good fourth and we'll talk again soon. You too, buddy. The commentary on this podcast reflects the personal opinions, viewpoints, and analyses of Sage Capital Advisors, LLC, DBA Dire Wealth Management employees making such comment and should not be regarded as a description of advisory services provided by Dire Wealth Management or performance returns of any Dire Wealth Management Investments client. The views reflected in the commentary are subject to change at any time without notice. The opinions expressed in this podcast are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or any specific security. It is only intended to provide education about the financial industry. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this program is no guarantee of future results. Any indices referred for comparison are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. As always, please remember investing involves risk and possible loss of principal capital. Please seek advice from a licensed professional. Dire Wealth Management provides advisory services through Sage Capital Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where Dire Wealth Management and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advice may be rendered by Dire Wealth Management unless a client's service agreement is in place.